think we gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again. We are exploding, the world is gonna know it. We rock it like we're never gonna see us again. PM and Pure Gold is live and on the air for this Tuesday night, December 6th, 2011. We have a Pure Gold exclusive for you folks tonight. Welcome to the show that covers anything and everything and tells it like it is. My name is Joe Buccino, along with my co-host and tag team partner, David Gomez. Sir, how are you? I'm doing fabulous, sir. Excited for this Pure Gold exclusive. Even though you are going to be doing most of the work and all the heavy lifting, it's always pure gold, and it is always fabulous. But before we get underway, sir, let's give out the contact information, please. Of course, folks, if you'd like to talk to our guests for this evening, you'd like to help out Joe, give us a call, 714-364-4721. Our website, as always, puregoldpg.com, where you can check out our Facebook, our Twitter, our YouTube, and all that other goodness. JB and myself both have separate Twitter accounts, and you can follow us there. I'm getting close to 200, Joe. I don't know where you are, but let's just say I'm the man when it comes to this team. Once again, 714-364-4721, puregoldpg.com. JB? Thanks, DG. Now, before we get underway and we introduce our guests, I just want to say that it is a busy time of year in sports, and you could say there's news in all four major sports, sir, but I think the biggest news of all is that Pure Gold is coming up to their one-year anniversary this Saturday, December 10th. Yes, sir. Huge, huge, huge show. One year. It's exciting. I can't believe it's been one year. I can't believe December 10th was our first show of last year. And, sir, can you believe that it's been an entire year this Saturday when we do our show? It'll mark the actual one-year anniversary of PG. We did the one-year anniversary of the YouTube, but, sir, the actual show itself here on Blog Talk Radio. That's right, and like we've promised you in shows before, um, it could, this show is only going to get better in the following year. We have some surprises that we can't reveal just yet, but, you know, Not we'll yet. get there. We'll get yes, there, sir. and uh, <laughs> hopefully, and, you know, hopefully with all you fans listening, you'll be able to tell, spread the word about Pure Gold, and spread the word that we are a show that truly is about anything and everything, and we do cover it and tell it like it is. But, sir, is there anything going on? At home. <laughs> Is there anything going on at home? Uh, I guess you could say things I can't divulge right now, but, you know, I mean, everything is good. Just the baby here, we got her going on. Uh, the wifester and I are, are taking care of that. I'm on daddy good. duty tonight, so that's uh, part of the reason you're going to be doing the show mostly solo. But, you know, being a father, uh, today is actually two months, now that I think about it, today is actually two months since we had our, our daughter. She was born on the 11th of October, but today would be the eight-week mark because she was born 1225, October 11th, which was a Tuesday. So that, of course, is very exciting, super exciting, extremely exciting. Being a parent, as you know, uh, you had a couple years on me in that department. It's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. I look at my daughter with pride and with joy every time I see her, every time she starts crying, every time my wife takes a cute picture of her and sends it to me at work. It's like heaven, sir. The most beautiful experience of all time. It, you know, my wife always says she's PG, she's pure goodness, and it's true. That's what she is. She tells it like it is. When she's hungry, she tells us. When she needs to drop a deuce, well, she does it. <laughs> then she tells us afterwards. Ah! So, you know, she's already taken in her father's footsteps, always hungry, always in the bathroom, and always running the show and telling it like it is. 
Cool, sir. Now, I know we don't have a lot of time to get into every topic tonight since, you know, tonight's basically just um, an exclusive interview that we've booked for our folks. But um just want to say, it was an exciting game this past Sunday against the Green Bay Packers. There's no moral victories and a loss, but, sir, the Green Bay Packers uh, were beatable on Sunday, and I thought the Giants really had a good chance, especially at the end of the game, to actually beat them. And what's interesting to me is that the Giants somehow lost 38-35, to exactly like they did in 2007 when they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. I know you tell me, you know, we've been going nuts about this. You've been calling me all kinds of horrible names that I can't repeat on air. But the fact is, I believe the Giants got screwed. I think they got hosed. And I know that it happens in the NFL, but the officiating was so terrible. And I don't want to sound like a, you know, crybaby Giants fan, but, sir, I have to wonder if the officials have it in for the for the Packers to, to make it all the way to be undefeated. Because, sir, Jake Ballard, that was a touchdown. His knee hit the ground. Last time I checked, a knee is equal to two feet inbounds. Touchdown. The Giants would have had, by my calculations, 42 points. And not only that, but that touchdown by Jennings in the end zone for the Packers, not a touchdown. That was a horrible call. That would have put the Packers at 31. The Giants actually would have won by about 11 points, sir, just with those two plays alone. I mean, I know, like I said, calls go against you. It is what it is. But I truly felt that there was some horrible officiating, and I was I was not happy, sir. And, again, not to be a crybaby like my daughter, but I definitely was not it was not good officiating, sir. You have to at least give me that, even if you don't think that that I'm right. What I'll give you is the fact is that the Giants throughout their history have been quote unquote giant killers. I mean, they yeah, almost man. beat the yeah they almost beat the Patriots at the end of the regular season in 2007. They did Great beat game. the 1998 Broncos, and then they could have beaten the Packers this past Sunday. So for anybody to say that the Giants were going to get blown out against the Green Bay Packers <laughs> was just you know you know smoking wait a minute, some. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know you're going to say that's asinine, but look, let's be honest now. That The Giants looked so terrible, and, you know, you thought they were going to win. They didn't. I thought they were going to lose. So, technically, you know, you thought they'd play a better game. I thought they were going to get blown out. So, uh, if you combine the two of us, we got the right answer. But, Joe, they were terrible for three weeks. They blew games. The Giants could realistically, sir, realistically, the Giants could be, at this point, instead of 6-6, six and six, like 10-2, like and two, you know, 9-3. Uh, and three. I mean, the Giants could have an amazing record, and they don't. They don't. I mean, come they on, don't. Joe. Come on. No, you're right, though. But you know what's amazing about the football season is that they're they're only one game out of first place in the division, and if they actually win the division, they get a home game and obviously make the playoffs. So the fact that the Green Bay um, the Green Bay Packers, the Dallas Cowboys, really botched up the end of their game puts you in a great position. If you win Sunday night, you're tied for first. Essentially, you're in first for being the Dallas Cowboys. You're up a half a game, and you go from there. You're you, you're in the driver's seat then. You're right, but the Giants can easily go and lose the next four games and just lose eight in a row, and Tom Coughlin will be fired. I mean, I don't know how else to put it, sir. It just the Giants just scummed it up. They absolutely, yeah. positively scummed it up. They played a great game. Yeah, you know, moral victories. You don't have them. I disagree with the Pope that a uh, sports Pope. Excuse me. I don't want to be thinking that I'm talking about Pope Benedict. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> the 85th. But, right. you know, the sports pope, the, the Giants, they lost. That's what matters. And you know what? There were some bad penalties, some bad plays. The Giants, you know, they couldn't get the job done ultimately, which is all that matters. But, you know, like I said, no moral victories. But they played a good game. You got you have to at least feel good. You, I'll tell you this much. You feel much better after this loss than you did after the previous three in a row. You sure do. You sure do. So, Sunday night, the Cowboys play the Giants. 
in Dallas, and I think that the Dallas Cowboys, you know, the way they finished their game, I don't know if their heads are going to be in the game, quite honestly. I think that the Giants have a great chance of winning this game Sunday night, moving into first place. Not sole possession, well, but essentially. If you consider if you consider what the, the bomb, that the, the the egg that the Cowboys laid up, absolutely. So if the Giants win too, like you said, if they beat the, the Cowboys, they're going to end up being in first place, which is amazing if they can beat them twice. And, I mean, the Cowboys are definitely beatable. I know I've said they're done. I've said it for weeks on end, but there's a possibility they're not done because the Cowboys just are not that good. I mean, there's no other way around. The Cowboys are not that good of a team, and uh, the Giants definitely have the much better quarterback and the better coach. The Giants are more talented, honestly. The Giants need to get their head in the game, and I think they can win. So I'd love to see a blow. I'd love to have my mind at ease, and I'd love to talk about this on, on uh, the not next week's, not the Saturday show, but the next show that we do. I'd love to just talk about how, you know what, the Giants are in first place, and uh, I'm feeling better about it. I'm just hoping that they – because if they lose, Joe, the season's over. I mean, that, that's an absolute fact. So I'm going to feel either really good Monday morning or like a big old moose turd with You're this right. team. And, <laughs> You're right, and that's the beauty of uh, at least the NFL is that when you're in a division that's not so good, if you're just, you know, keep, you know, within a game or two of the, you know, of the first place team, which is the Cowboys, you could obviously catch them, especially when the Giants, like I said, are playing at a higher level than the Cowboys. So when we right. turn our attention to the Jets, the Jets, again, had one of those nail-biting games where they they pulled out in the fourth quarter. Mark Sanchez had a, a pretty decent game again for all those people that, Say that Mark Sanchez should be replaced as quarterback of the New York Jets, but the Jets the were able to, yeah, they were able to muscle one through. Uh, but you know, we, we could definitely discuss that at a later date. So yeah, sir, yeah, we, we we definitely definitely can do that. We have much more uh, important things to do. Definitely. So, folks, tonight we have a pure gold exclusive. Joining us on the hotline is the 2005 World Series of Poker champion Joseph Hashem. Joe, how are you, sir? Uh, good evening, sir. Good evening. Thank you for taking some time out and talking to us here on Pure Gold. No problem. Pleasure. <laughs> First, what, what, tell us, Joe, what brings you to the United States and what have you been up to lately? Oh, my gosh. Do you have two hours to spare? <laughs> <laughs> we might. We might. We might. <laughs> um, I'm actually in, in L.A. for a week um, uh, working on uh, some TV concepts. Okay. Some with some people out here and uh, going to visit a friend in Arizona and um, going to play a couple of events at the Epic uh, Poker Tournament uh, over the weekend and then fly back home. So it's a pretty quick trip. But, uh, yeah, just busy. You know, life is busy. You know what it's like. Right. I mean, I automatically assume that you were here because it's it's a, it must be a coincidence, Joe, that the World Series of Poker Circuit event is in Lake City, New Jersey. I actually assume that that's why you were flying in to play uh, some circuit events. Uh, yeah, that would be um, a routine presumption. That's <laughs> why I'm here. <laughs> it just, and normally I would have actually been playing the, the Five Diamond event, the WPT Five Diamond event um, right. in Vegas. Uh, however, um, uh, these meetings were kind of important to be here in and uh yeah, they take precedence. Okay, okay. Okay. And I, I also see that, you know, this past year in the two thousand eleven World Series of Poker in Vegas you finished in twelfth place in event thirty nine, which was the Pot Lemon Holes in Omaha, and a fiftieth place finish in the event thirty one, which is another pot limit Omaha. Is Omaha your game of choice these days? Um uh, you know what? It's probably fifty fifty now, like 
a lot more people are playing Omaha, and I guess the the Holden world has become so um, well educated right. that uh, the edge just keeps getting smaller and smaller. So you look for a game where people are more likely to make mistakes. Omaha is one of those right. games, okay. and it's and it's a lot of fun as well, by the way. And did you play in the main event this year? Uh, I did, sir. I, I think I busted at the end of day two. Oh, okay. Didn't have much did, joy at all. Right. Did you? Uh, Joe, uh, did you end up uh, watching this year's main event final table? Yeah, I actually watched most of it um, via the 15-minute uh, live delay, which okay. I really now, enjoyed. Well, you enjoyed it. What specifically did you enjoy? Uh, give us your take as, as an expert poker player. What was your... Uh, you know, how could you explain to those of us who don't know poker, for example? Um, give us your take on that. Well, I guess for, for someone like myself to watch the game live and have a live sporting commentary by experts, and then right, right. not 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 knowing the whole cards till the end, it made for interesting viewing. You know, like. Um, I I really can't watch the edited version anymore, if you know what I mean. Well, like yeah. That, uh, it's yeah, it's gone beyond where I could watch it. But for people who don't really know the game, they're going to get much more enjoyment out of the edited version. And I guess what's happened is that uh, the the poker uh, the poker community, the, the poker supporters community, has become a little bit more sophisticated, and they want to learn more about the game rather than just seeing. Uh, he's all in. He's all in. Who won? And I think that I think they got really good ratings, and and people really liked it. Right, and that's obviously a great thing for the sport of, of poker, and just you know uh, watching the World Series and whatnot. Now, uh, let me ask you this: Have you had a chance to talk to P.S. Hines since he won this year's main event? I mean, you know, do you know the guy? Have you were you able to speak with him? No, I I, I don't know the guy, and I, I haven't had a chance to meet him yet. Oh, okay. So, I, I, actually, I, I actually haven't even really seen an interview. I, I'm sorry. Say that again, Joe. I'm, I actually haven't been, haven't been able to see an interview of his either to get any uh, you know any assessment of who he is right. or what he's about. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that what he did was he did his commitments, and I think he actually flew out of, flew back to Germany. I think a day or two after he won the event. So uh, I know I've been trying to reach him out to him too, Joe, but haven't been successful. Hopefully, we can have him on one day. Um, but let me ask you, Joe, winning the main event in 2005, there was no November 9 concept where they suspend play after the final table was set. Can you give us your take? Do you like the November 9 concept, or do you prefer finishing out the tournament like you did in 2005? Um, I think for from the player's perspective, I prefer just continuing. That right. really determines who, who the best is because the stamina aspect of it comes into play so much more. Um, and but from from a poker perspective, from an audience and trying to reach the audience and getting getting the audience involved more, um, I think the November nine works. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you definitely get more information. You definitely have time to study your opponent more and get more information that way. I was just wondering, as a poker player, professional poker player like yourself and main event champion. Um, did you prefer the, the November 9 concept? But I could definitely understand you want to 
um, you know, finish out the tournament right away, especially if, yeah. you're, if, if you're playing hot. Yeah, well, it's, it's not... I don't think it's even that. I think it's it's just that, um, you know, we're, we're in a tournament competing. Let's just keep competing till there's a winner. Right. You know, right. so, so, many, so many dynamics change with the, the delay. Um, and I know it's fair for everybody. Everyone has the same sort of thing, but I think there's a, diff- there's a lot to be said about the person who is able to play for 10 days or 12 days straight and keep his wits about him and win, as opposed you know, to the guy who gets three months off and then come back and they could even be a totally different player by the time they come back. Right. Now, now, last year you played in probably one of the most unique tournaments at the World Series of Poker when they had the Tournament of Champions with all the main event champions throughout the years, most of them at least, finishing in fourth, which was very impressive, I say. What was that experience like to play with all the main event champions of the past? I should have won, man. <laughs> I agree with you. It was a walk in the park and then... You know, there was one lousy hand. I was I was just killing the table. They they couldn't even breathe. I seriously, it was just when I think about it, I just get angry. You know, um, they they couldn't even breathe. I just had them so crushed. And then, uh, you know, one lousy hand and everything changes. You know, people right. suck sometimes. You know, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's 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 fun. You know, like it's always good to compete against. You know. Uh, You're right. Does it ever hit, right? Does it ever hit you though that you're in such a a unique like fraternity, like being a world champion with all these guys, like you know the um, Doyle Brunsons of the world, the Phil Helmets of the world? Does it ever like hit you and be like, wow, I am part of this group? And they they probably say the same thing about you. But do you do you ever take a, a retrospect and just look back at your your life now that it's changed now that you're a world champion? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I. Probably once a week at least, I'd say. Because so many amazing things happen to me, you know, on a weekly, daily basis that I find myself pinching myself regularly. So, yeah, um, you know, um, I've been so blessed. And who would have ever thought that your life could change so much from um, doing something that you love and, and winning a poker tournament? Right, right, and and it's so interesting because you know uh, listening to you talk, and I love the honesty you gave in the last question that Joe asked you because a lot of times we get politically correct answers. We get people like, no, you know, it's okay, and you know it wasn't meant to be. But the fact that you're pissed, the fact that you said it sucked, and you know you should have won. That's great. I love to hear that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> now, now besides the obvious, Joe, uh, how has your life changed since winning the main event? Uh, um, just the obvious, <laughs> really. <laughs> Money. <laughs> yeah, just the obvious. I mean, uh, that's awesome. You know, yeah, that's everything else is basically the same, you know. But yeah. the obvious things, the you know, the travel and the um, uh, the celebrity status and right, right, getting to meet wonderful people and you know, obviously financially secure and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it makes. Yeah, it makes an amazing difference to your life, but my stable life, my the staple of what my life is, hasn't changed. Okay, that's interesting because a lot of people. I remember Deion Sanders, who's a famous, uh, who was a famous football player here in the NFL. He said once something that I found so interesting. He said, "Money doesn't change you; it just makes you more of who you are. If you're a horrible person, when you have money, you'll be just as bad, if not worse. When if you're a good person, 
it'll just allow you the opportunity to be able to do more. Now, uh, as far as what you've done, um, you know, not knowing you as personally, I mean, d- did you take the money and give charity and stuff? I mean, I know you're you're from Australia, so um, do, you, do you have any charitable causes or anything that you like to champion as a, as a man who's got who's well off, as it were? The first charity that I gave to was um, my family and friends and relatives. Awesome, um, awesome. I took, you know, like, you know, it's, this is, it's probably inappropriate to, to really talk specifics, but uh, the answer is yes. And as far as charitable causes, uh, I've, um, I've been lucky enough to be able to help uh, kids' foundations, children's hospitals, uh, uh, my parish church. Oh, um, good, that's awesome. You know, yeah, I think, and, and I'm, const- I'm constantly making myself available for, um, to be ambassador for different charities and organise tournaments and, you know, raise money. I think it's, to be honest, I think it's the least that anybody in my position can do. Right. And that's great because, again, uh, you know, going back to what, what the quote, it's so true. And I, I love to hear guys like yourself who, you know, aren't about, you know, about you. You helped your family, you helped your friends. Uh, doing charity work is great because, you know, when you're blessed, you should be able to give to others. Um, now, uh, this is this is a side question here, but would you still be a chiropractor if you hadn't won the uh, the world? Now, I, are you there? Yeah. Hey, you got a little static on the line. Huh? Did, did you hear yeah, the so question? You would you like me to repeat it? Yeah, I, I heard the question. Now, I um, I had stopped being a chiropractor um, three years before I won, so... Okay, that's interesting because I mean you know a lot of guys. Uh, okay, it's interesting because you you think you know I, I could use a good chiropractor. So if you ever you know I know you're not practicing <laughs> anymore, but if you ever hear uh, you know maybe you could play poker with Joe and then you could check out my back. But uh, <laughs> um, nice. you know w- one last thing on my part uh, before before you know Joe takes over. Uh, there seems to be a certain bond between the last two players of uh, of the main events. Now, do you still keep in touch with Steve Deniman? Uh no, not really. I mean, Steve and I are pretty friendly when we see each other at the World Series, but it's not like we became uh, buddies and, you know, visited each other's houses and stuff like that. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> now, Joe, you're on Pure Gold. Let's get let's get the exclusive right here and now. Who's the better poker player, you or your brother, Tony? Oh, please. Do you even That's an insult. <laughs> I know it is, but I have to ask it. <laughs> no, he's, he's improved quite a lot. He's, he's come a long way, um, and you know, um, I'm very proud of his his achievements because being in my shadow is kind of you know I think it sucks, and the fact that he's you know manned up and took it on his own to you know to make a name for himself, which he's done. I'm I'm very proud of him. He actually had a deep run in this year's main event. Tell me about it, man. One more day and, he, and we make history. There, there you go. I mean, I would love to see the Hashem brothers as main event champions. That would be history, and that would never be repeated ever again. That would be hey, – just making the final table would have been enough. <laughs> That's true, too. <laughs> uh, seriously, Joe, we, we want to just thank you for, you know, spending some time with Pure Gold. Um, just want to know before we let you go, what's – I mean, with if you're, if you're allowed to, let us know what's, what's in store for the future for Joe Hashem. Um, what's in store? More of the same, but less travel. Okay. And and hopefully spreading my wings a little bit so that um, I'm uh, not just uh, living and working in the poker world, but outside and around it as well. Okay. 
And will you, will you still be coming every year to the the annual World Series of Poker to play at least the main event? Until they put me six feet under. <laughs> Good answer. You know, I've, I've gotten to, I've gotten to know you a little bit more tonight, Joe. And if you want to, you know, donate to another charity, the Joe Fund for you know the entry fee for next year is you know ten thousand. I mean, uh, <laughs> submit submit your requests to my uh, manager, and I'll see what I can do for you, pal. You know what? Well, DG, uh, Dave, you know what I love about Joe is that he has a Twitter account, and he actually replies to the fans like our, like myself especially, because I follow Joe Hashim on Twitter, and that's what I really respect is that, um, you know, he won the main event, and I'm talking to him right now. It's it's a great honor and pleasure, and uh, thank you so much for spending some time. I know you're very busy out in L.A., and we really appreciate it, sir. Pleasure, guys. Have a great night, and good luck with the show. Thank you, you so much. Too, Take care. Thank you very much. Thank you. Folks, that was Joe Hashem, the 2005 World Series of Poker main event champion. And you can follow him on Twitter like I do. And his um, his hash name or his name is at Joseph Hashem, one word. So, sir, I mean, I know that we don't really talk poker on pure gold, but, you know, it's, it is refreshing like, once again to get somebody on the show and tells it like it is and not just, you know, be political about his answers. Absolutely, that was a great interview with Joe, and uh, I mean, he had me laughing. I, I'm I'm completely cool when it comes to poker. I know how to play the game. Uh, my dad actually, we used to play as kids, but um, no, not for money or anything like that. But I'm totally cool when it comes to the game and what works. And you know, I'm looking at the questions and things. But Joe was really great. He was down to earth. He was personable. I just love his honesty. You know who he reminds me of? Uh, let me see if you get, let me see if you can guess a guest that we had in the past who I loved for his honesty. Who do you think it is, sir? Uh, Keith Elias? Uh, no, he was great, but he reminds me of Leonard Marshall. Remember oh, okay, when we asked yeah. Leonard, so Leonard, what do you think about the whole thing? Yeah, man, look at my numbers. Of course I should be in. That's a bad impression of Leonard. I hope he doesn't catch me on the street and whip me. But <laughs> Joe was like, are you kidding me? What, are you embarrassing yourself? You're my brother. I, you know, I'll, I'll smack him up. I'm adding a couple of words, of course. But, um, you know, he was telling us how much it sucked and he hated it and this and that. I, I love that. I love that kind of honesty because, you know, this guy's a – this is a zillionaire, you know, a millionaire multiple times over. And here he is coming on Pure Gold, taking time uh, to spend with us. And like you said, talking on Twitter and everything. So we really appreciate Joe Hashem giving us a, a few minutes of his time. And, you know, maybe this will open up the Pure Gold airwaves to some more, uh, you know, World Series of Poker Champions or some uh, some of the wonderful players out there, sir. And then maybe one day, you know, we'll get them to contribute to that Joe fund you were uh, asking about. <laughs> yeah, like like you said, DG, I hope this does open the door because, like, most of these guys are really down to earth. I mean, sure, they win millions of dollars, but in the end, I think that, uh, especially Joe Hashem and a couple other people that I've been talking to through Twitter, um, are really, really nice people, and they do donate a lot of their money. I wouldn't say, like, all of it or 50%, but they do they donate quite a few um, hundreds of thousands of dollars to their charities. And that's right, always right. a good thing. There's even a, there's, sir, there's even a, an event at the World Series of Poker called, um, I think, Anti Up for Africa. And believe it or not, each player that plays in that tournament puts in their entry fee of ten thousand dollars, and the the winner donates, I believe, close to fifty percent of the winnings goes right to Africa to to help, um, you know, the the hunger and the 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 different different diseases that they do have out there. So. These people do a lot of charity events, and they they are good people. I mean, sometimes our perception, like I told you, sir, in our production meetings, prior to 2003 when Chris Moneymaker won the main event, you know, before poker became this big poker boom, as as you will, um, 
everyone thought that a poker player was scummy and like you know low life that you know needed to gamble to win and make an earning uh, to to earn a living. But really, sir, the, the, they are nice people for the most part. And you know, again, Joe Hashem, real professional, real gentleman, and it was just a privilege to talk to a world champion. It sounds like you were talking about yourself there, other than, you know, the really nice person part. Uh, it sounds like you, you were describing yourself about the scummy part. But, yeah, he was great. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like I said, somebody who doesn't know much about poker, I, I just thought he was a great guest. And, you know, as guests go, he's definitely up there, sir. Um, you know, I mean, we again, we thank him for coming on. And, of course, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to cut this one short because uh, today is just an exclusive with, with Joe. Uh, the other Joe, the real Joe, Joe H., not Joe, JB. Um, right. You know, folks, um, Saturday, sir, you, you like anything? Uh, would you like to say anything before we uh, close out this bad boy? Um, we have, like, some surprises. We have some sound bites. We'll, we'll talk to, I believe, two guests already lined up for us. Um, you know, I believe one at 1, one o'clock and one at one thirty. Is that yes, correct? Yes, sir. We have, uh, we have Caprice Coleman, who is a wrestler for – that's right, folks. They had a wrestler, not a sports entertainer – for Ring of Honor. It's the first time we're, we're tapping into the world of Ring of Honor, so that'll be uh, – very exciting, and uh, we're going to go back to the well one more time when it comes to models. We have the lovely and talented, and, uh, you know, lovely doesn't have to cover it, Anna Rodriguez, who is the 2011 Miss Texas USA. Very excited to have her uh, on our show joining us. That's going to be some, some exciting stuff. And, you know, one thing I, I guess we'd have to kind of touch on briefly, sadly, before we go, um, this week in the news, one of our past guests, unfortunately, was uh, – Caught doing something she shouldn't have been doing, Sarah. I don't know if you want to, you know, comment on this, but Rima Faki, who was the Miss USA 2010, uh, you know, she was caught drunk driving, and, uh, you know, thank God nobody got hurt. Thank God she didn't get hurt. But apparently she was twice the legal limit. Now, I had this conversation with my wife uh, off the air, but I know that, and this is no excuse, but for somebody as, uh, you know, I mean, Rima's not a big woman, let's, let's be honest. I know that uh, alcohol is distributed through your body mass, so the larger you are, the harder it is usually to get drunk and the more alcohol you can absorb. So for somebody on the thin side like Rima, I'm sure it doesn't take much to get her at that point. But it's just sad to see the, you know, the fact that, let's be honest, she was irresponsible and, you know, could have hurt somebody. My, uh, you know, I have family members who are in jail right now because of uh, mistakes that they made, similar mistakes, but they actually hurt people. So, I mean, thank God Rima's okay. Thank God that nobody else got hurt, but it's just not a, not a good move on her part. And, Obviously, we wish her the best, and we wish her, uh, you know, recovery, and she'll be able to get over whatever she's dealing with, and you know, she'll be able to deal with this, sir, so that it won't happen again. Yeah, hopefully, uh, if anything, my only comment is, is I'm a little sad about the situation, but hopefully, if anything, since she didn't hurt anybody, hopefully she learns her lesson, she does uh, serve some time and really reflect on what she did, because it is important, I think, to reflect on what you did. I mean. If you're a non-celebrity like we know, you do spend some, you know, some time in jail and reflect on it. So hopefully she is able to do that and then recover and then just hopefully never do it again, sir. That's the bottom line. I mean, she got lucky this time. She might not be so lucky next time. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, our best wishes go out to her that Rima be okay and everything work out and in her best interest and, of course, everybody else's. Uh, sir, Saturday, big show, two-hour extravaganza, excited, one-year anniversary. We're going to talk about Jose Reyes. We're going to talk about uh, everything under the sun. I mean, I just saw something here. The Mets signed uh, just John Roush from the Blue Jays, sir. And just to throw this out of you, he had some pretty good years in 09 and 010. But last year, 010, uh, 2010, he struggled mightily, which explains why the Blue Jays decided to seek alternatives in their bullpen. And adding my two cents, 
It explains why the Mets got him 4.85 ERA, the worst of any single season in his career. So the Mets, of course, went out and signed him to to be a part of that bullpen, maybe close for them, who knows. And, you know, it's going to be a long season in Flushing, so that's about all I can say about this mess. Yeah, don't worry about it, folks. Just tune into the show on Tuesday, on, Tuesday, <laughs> on Saturday, December 10th, our one-year anniversary. It is from 12 to 2 p.m. Let's not forget, it's a two-hour show. We're going to go over some stuff that we talked about. We'll, we'll, we'll have some guests on, and we'll, we'll hit on every sport. We'll talk about everything and everything and anything, and we will tell like it is, like we always do, sir. So, till then. Of course. Folks, thank you very much for uh, tuning in. Thanks again to Joe Hashem for, for joining us. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it PG and do not forget, folks, this Saturday, 10 o'clock, maybe in the Midwestern area, you know, somewhere like two hours away, 12 o'clock our time, 12 to 2, Eastern Standard Time. You got to tune in, folks. What's the name of your show? Uh, Pure Gold. Pure Gold. Yes, sir. Good night, everyone. And remember... Saturday, two-hour extravaganza. Be there.